So, John, how you been? Well, I've been good. I've been good. Um, you know, working, uh, and that's about it. Some gaming here and there. I'm thinking you're going to play some kind of 23rd century farmer. <laughs> yeah, and and when, <laughs> when we uh, get to the planet with the zombies that we're not supposed to go to, I'm going to go there. <laughs> and, you know, I'll be in for a couple of weeks, and I'll be done. <laughs> I like it. Well, yeah. you're consistent. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> He's the food no, processor. Think, That's great. I think I think I'm going to play a coward with no initiative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do a total hey, role reversal. I was going to say, hey, wait a minute. That, that role's already taken. Just <laughs> oh, <you> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> Too many cooks in the kitchen cowering isn't going to work. <laughs> Yeah, I heard how the overlap went on your uh, Knights of Rainsboro episode eight. It was like no brainy guys, no more brainy guys. I think he could have been okay being smart, just not fast and smart. That was kind of an overkill. I see. Because he can be smart in a different way. Because Paul's character seems like she's kind of smart, but she's probably kind of a jackass, like <laughs> remembering re- regular things. Well, yeah. Paul uh, emailed me today, and he's like, "Hey, can you?" Uh Paul didn't get to be on last week's uh, Knights of Rain's World podcast either. And so he's like, hey, can you uh, can you email me the audio file so I can catch up? I'm like, nope. <laughs> nice. Nice. you hear about it later. <laughs> he's like, come on, man. Nope. <laughs> I'll let you know when it drops. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. yeah. I think I owe you a couple bucks on that one. <laughs> I may or may not have thrown him under the bus. <laughs> Literally or figuratively? Figuratively. Imp- oh, okay. This That's is important a- because how- I've seen both happen. How- however, in the game, some, some bus throwing has occurred. Literally. Well, see, this is why I asked. Something to look forward to. Huh? That's enough spoilers. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this is Star Trek. No buses to throw. Shuttles. Yeah. You know. Jake, John, John, Jake. Hi. Hi, Jake. Hi. It's nice to virtually meet you. Nice to virtually meet you as well. Awesome. John also responds to Fake Wayne. Um, I do. Although, I'm not sure what's going to happen when Fake Wayne and Real Wayne are on the mics together. Is it going to be like a rip in the space-time continuum and suck everyone in? Most likely. Actually, what Mm. it is is whatever character Wayne's playing, you get to be the same only with a goatee. (laughs) Which is going to be really awkward if he's playing a female character. Klingon. <laughs> I, I, back when I used to work in, work in government, uh, I, I, there was a woman on at, at our office who had a little had whiskers going. You know, I mean, not like not like just a little bit of you know lady hormonal issue where she had like you know a little bit of whisker around each side of her mouth, but I mean actual beard. And I used to remark to people, I was like, I was like working for the fucking circus here, you know? <laughs> and so, and it was always just straggly, you know, like homeless guy beard kind of look, you know? And wow. one day I came in and she has got it all neatly trimmed in this nice, sharp little, you know, uh, goatee, you know? And it was almost like, what do they call that? A Van, a Van Dyke, you know? <laughs> and, and so I wasn't thinking because the whole thing in the office is that, you know, you never acknowledged the whiskers 
you know, you just pre- you just pretended that there wasn't this freakish thing going on. You know, you looked right past it and you know never made a comment on it. But I mean, she had actually done some work on it and trimmed it up nicely. And as I said, Julie, I really like what you did with your beard. <laughs> and the whole office stops. Yeah, exactly. And I was genuinely being complimentary. I wasn't trying to be a dick. I mean, I know this is hard for people to believe. But I was genuinely trying to uh, you know, be complimentary. And I, once it was out of my mouth, I was like, go, God. <laughs> and she never spoke to me again. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the bearded lady never spoke to me again. But, you know, it used to remind me like walking, walking along the uh, – the, they used to have like the freak show out at the Texas State Fair. You know, and you'd walk along and they'd have the abominable snowman, you know, and the abominable <laughs> snowman was a Mexican dude with funky looking feet. Right. <laughs> and, and so it'd be the abominable snowman. And if you know Spanish, he'll talk to you. Welcome to Star Trek at GN, sponsored by Sausage Fest. Do you like breasts? Do you like sausage? Do you like alcohol? If you answered yes to any of these three things, you will love Sausage Fest. The second annual Sausage Fest is being held at Archon in St. Louis on October 1st, 2011. During this celebration of cured meats and alcohol, we'll also be collecting donations for breast cancer awareness. If you donate prior to September 29th, you can receive fantastic perks like a Sausage Fest t-shirt, or an ale glass etched with the Sausage Fest logo. For more information or to donate, please visit SausageFestSTL.com. Sausage Fest, putting our meat where the pink is. (sighs) All right. Well... We are gathered here today to talk about our Star Trek role-playing game. Uh, I will uh, kick us off. I'm Aaron. We'll be your game master. And I guess we'll go in typical fashion with... I'm Wayne. I'm here to play. This is Tim. This is Jake. And this is John. All right. Well, uh, you know, most of our listeners are are pretty familiar with Tim and Wayne. But, uh, you know, Jake has been on the show before. Remind everybody who you are, Jake. Who is Jake Ekus? Who is he? Uh, Jake Ekus is 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 uh, occasionally called a comic book artist, but he's not offended by that. Um, and and yeah. <laughs> also and also occasionally I'm, I'm asked on to talk about things. You are occasionally <laughs> asked on to talk about things. Um, Jake is responsible for the indie comic book Solomon Azua. And he does a lot of artwork for our site, including my uh, This Empire Earth uh, artwork, as well as for our Knights of Rainsboro artwork. He's also responsible for the Bonic Plague. Thanks, True. Jake, for bringing that to True. the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Jake. I, I, I do what I can. Otherwise known as Jerk Ecus. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're coming together to play a little game. We call whoa, 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 back that truck up. You forgot John. Oh, yeah. You mean... Uh, Thistle down, John? AP.com. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for the plug. Yeah, I'm here. I'm going to play Star Trek. Yay. Woo. So tell us a little bit about you, Mr. Down. Oh, gosh. What What can I say about me? 
Uh, I am, let's see, I'm a bit of a fledgling podcaster. I do a lot of actual play podcasting on uh, my site, thistledownap.com, and um, rpgmp3.com. You can find our stuff over there. But you're not over at schismcast.com, right? Well, there are some talks, but I've I've got a non-disclosure agreement, and I can't talk about those right now. So yeah, that's great, Wayne. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing the role-playing theme thing for let's see, this year will be thirty years. Yeah. Oh, oh dear God. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm uh, I'm probably the old grognard of the group. When are you going to grow up and um, get out of that? Never. <laughs> it's it's never going to happen. As a matter of fact, I'm looking forward to some good dementia when I'm old enough, you know, and I can just get totally into my fantasy world and stay there. See, I'm actually looking so, forward uh, to the retirement home for gamers. You know, oh yeah. So when you're in the nursing home and you just, you know, just game all day. Right. That's what right. that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aaron's campaign is killer. Three players have died. <laughs> 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 Take it no more. Bernie stroked out. <laughs> Stupid dragon was too much for Bernie. <laughs> Ooh, Schism Cast is available. Yeah, oh, I, I, sweet. I, I mm. thought it might be. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, uh, Jake, uh, why don't you share with us your gamer street cred? Oh, l- like like in in what? How, 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 long, how, what, how long have I been gaming? Gaming? Yeah, role playing game. Uh, Oh geez, since since like since like just before high school, I think. If if I'm, yeah, about then. So so what? We're we're going on over ten years now. Uh huh. It's been a while. Yeah, and- mo- mostly mostly like a, a white wolf systems. Um, although not necessarily the the like World of Darkness games. Sure. Because we 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 transitioned off of those rather quickly and. Went to their lesser-known games, which are nonetheless a bit more fun. Has anyone played Adventure? Am I the only person that ever played this game? I have never played never Adventure. Heard I, ha- I oh, have. Oh my god! You uh, you know you know Aaron. You, you I think you would really like Adventure. Sometime I'll bring around the book because it's it is the crowning achievement of that company's system work. It's oh. does it use that same ridiculous dice system dice mechanic that it typically employs, like for the white for the uh, World of Darkness games? The D10 stuff. Yeah. It's it's a modified it's a modified version of that. It's it's um, instead of having uh, sliding difficulty numbers to hit, it has a flat difficulty number to hit, and you have instead a success number to hit. Mm. So what what ends up happening is uh, standard success is much much easier to get. Um, horrifying awful failure is much much harder to to, to happen, but um, it's much easier for you as a storyteller to to uh, to sort of make it make things that should be really really hard really really hard and not have them just randomly happen. Sure. <laughs> um, I liked it a lot. It, it it changed the dynamic of White Wolf quite a bit once once we started using that system and and I I liked the modification. It made firefights really deadly. So you also played the is it Trinity? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Trinity and Trinity's part of the same because they did a, they did a three part line. It was Aberrant, Adventure, and Trinity, and they're all they're three games that are connected by a shared timeline. I see. Um, but the the two I played most was were Trinity and, and Adventure and ran games for both of those for quite a while. Um, you know, we had the pulp action. My my adventure games tended to be like if you if you ran a, a Hellboy game but set in the nineteen twenties, and then 
the Trinity game was something altogether different, much more sci-fi-ish. Which, he, oh, that's right, you came, you came and made a character for that one I game. did. I made a character totally that we... never got started. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> God, I wish we could have started that game. I still wish we could have started that game. Yeah. It was just too hard to get people together for that one. Yeah, sometimes it's just, you know, schedules are just too rough. Yeah, well, and I I, I had never tried a Skype game before, so this will be new. Yeah. If this works out, maybe I'll try it again on on, on this method. So, um, you know, John, you've, you've, I I know from personal experience that you are well experienced in a multitude of game systems. (laughs) Uh, That's probably true. Um, Because, you know, you're just kind of like a gamer whore. You'll play anything. Oh. My my dice bag is open for any game that comes along. It's it's true. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I started back, you know, advanced Dungeons and Dragons like everybody in that era did, and went to uh, you know Call of Cthulhu uh, when it came out in what was that eighty one something like that. Right. Uh, Hero System started back then. I started in on that, and uh, yeah, I've I've played and ran. Um, you know, everything from those great simulationist games of the early 80s, you know, all the way up to uh, the uh, story game stuff of today. Um, so, yeah, I've got uh, – I've, I've, I've done a lot of them. Quite, so what are you running right now? Right now, I'm actually doing 4E. Um, the game I was uh, afraid I wouldn't like, and I did wind up kind of liking it. Um, I know us old guys aren't supposed to like it, but I do. <laughs> um, but it's it's kind of a uh, uh, it's kind of a lark. I plan on going back to uh, probably some Hero System stuff, or maybe uh, um, Legend of the Five Rings pretty soon. I've um, never played Neil Five R. We our group really likes it. Um, we played the. The last couple of editions and the new fourth edition's out now, and we haven't cracked that one open yet. But, but uh, that's on our list, so uh, we're going to do some of that coming up. Now, uh, Wayne is on uh, the Fear the Boot podcast over at feartheboot.com, and they talk talk a lot about their weekly game on their show. Now, what are y'all? Are y'all still in a D and D game right now, Wayne? Yep, still a D and D game that's been going about a I think a year and a half at this point. Now, Wayne, you're a you're a fairly newish role playing gamer, but you have crammed so much experience into a very short time. As much as I can, uh, <laughs> four fear, well, three fear the cons, um, the Art Knights of Rainsboro game, any one shot that I get invited to, pretty much any chance I get a chance to play something I do, especially if I've never played the system before. And uh, Tim, you you are a longtime gamer. How many years in the hobby? Uh, twenty four, twenty five, something like that. Okay. So you know you you you've made your bones, as it were. Sure. <laughs> what are you playing right now? Um, on Thursdays, I'm playing Fourth Edition D and D, and every other Saturday, we're playing a Weird Wars modern D twenty adaptation in nineteen forties. Ooh, I like Weird Wars. Yeah, it's okay. been fun. I, I'm moderately surprised. I'm like in 1940s modern. Are you having Are you having any any challenges with D20? I know some people find that to be a little too clunky for their taste. Uh, no. It, it, the only the only minor quibble is that we're 
we're playing, you know, war heroes, and the medic seems to like be healing people like a cleric, which doesn't make any sense in like World War Two, but whatever. <laughs> Groovy. Well, um, so what I'm not hearing from any of you is uh, experience playing in a Star Trek role playing game. Well, I've got some of that. Do you? Okay. Um, yeah, I do. I played. Um, I've played the old, old uh, FASA yep. uh, version of the Star Trek role-playing game. It was many, many years ago. We kind of uh, we kind of used those rules, and we incorporated the uh, the Starfleet Battles tactical game when we had ship-to-ship combat and that sort of thing. Right. And then later on, I I bought but and read but never ran or played i think it was lat was it last unicorn games yes did a star trek game yeah you yeah. had so uh, i had a had, little bit of you had fasa you had last unicorn and what what was it uh defiance decipher decipher thank you yes decipher yeah yeah they also did the uh, last lord of the rings role playing game and the decipher and last unicorn books were really pretty i thought they i thought they, they were, were nicely produced pretty. i didn't much care for the rules but I thought that the, I thought that the books themselves were were very shelf pretty. Yeah, they definitely were. The uh, the decipher Lord of the Rings was the same way. I mean, it had beautiful stuff from the movies in it, but the yeah the rules were a little bit too clunky for what yeah. I normally like. So, so I find it kind of amusing. You played the uh, the Star Trek role playing game, but you did the you used something else for the ship combat. I've done the FASA version of the ship combat. But never the the role playing side of it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Dan's a couple times put together. He'll make scenarios adapting the FASA system, particularly using their you know starship combat. He's a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. So I've done that a few times, but we've never actually done a campaign to get into the other half of the game. Yeah. Well, I played yep. back in high school, <clears throat> which was when the. This will date me. That was back when the uh, the FASA rules first came out. I, that was, I mean, I, I had, up to that point, I'd been pretty solid as a start uh, a D and D and traveler gamer. And when when the, the the FASA rules came out, I mean, it was almost all I played for probably two years running. Um, and you know, that was back in the days where you're you're gaming every weekend and every day during summer vacation. You know, uh, and we we just played all the time. I just absolutely loved uh, mm-hmm. that system, and mainly because you know it was set in a universe that I loved so much. And you know, despite the fact, so I think the FASA rules are fun, I, but they they can be a little bit clunky. There are things I really like about the FASA rules, but I, I think they they can be a little clunky on it. I don't know if that was that was your experience, John. Yeah, they kind of, you know, they come from that era that I talked about yeah. earlier. That you know, the early '80s when everything was was uh, simulationist. You know, everything wanted to to model what would be quote unquote realistic. You know, if right. you, if you really did these things in the real world, and they didn't have they didn't have a whole lot of rules back then for uh, uh, you know any any kind of uh, um, you know social combat or yeah. you know, the, the stuff that we have now. Yeah, um, you know, nevertheless, it, they were a lot of fun. It was that it was that period of time. I mean, just really we're we're kind of in a uh, a renaissance of role playing games where, you know, system really does inform the style of play. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things I'll say that FASA did better than most games is that it really did simulate what it was like to be a Starfleet officer. In that, you know, a, a Starfleet officers, as depicted on, on the show, always knew stuff. 
you know, they, they had, you know, very deep skills. And I mean, you emerge uh-huh. in the, in this game, you know, as, as your character develops through, uh, Starfleet Academy and whatnot and through the education process, you know a whole lot as a character when you emerge from that process. You know, you start as an experienced player because, you know, depending on how many tours your character goes through in character generation, you're picking up skills and you're picking up knowledges and, and that kind of thing. Um, not too dissimilar from the traveler character generation experience, except you're not going to die in character creation. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a life path system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. And that, that is the one thing that I really credit it with. I, I, I did find sometimes that the, the combat was a little clunky. And so I found that I modified it, you know, a great deal on my side just to make sure that it it flowed a little faster. Did, did it end up like like giving you the the skills the, the sort of ridiculous ancillary skill sets that everyone on Next Generation seemed to have? Well, you know the 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 FASA rules. I mean the I, I I'd have to count them up, but I mean the the character sheet two thirds, maybe more, maybe three quarters of the character sheet is is your skills. I mean, okay. it's just really deep with the, the 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 choices of skills, and like I said, you emerge with a whole lot of them, you know. And if you choose to specialize in that system, you know, you could be you know the acknowledged expert on that subject by the time you finish up your character generation. Okay, because you know? Len L- 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 and I, because well, because we have a, both a shared fondness for like TNG, yeah. and and would watch it frequently in college while while working on other things, or or sometimes watch it in lieu of working on other things, huh. and and would talk. We had sort of running jokes about whenever you know a character would just kind of offhandedly remark about this this skill set that yeah. they had on the side, you know, sort of like you know how how, how Picard you know is also an expert archaeologist and also yes. an expert horse rider, and also you know it's like good lord. <laughs> <laughs> when did you learn all this crap? You yeah, know? you know I never had a problem with that because I never had a problem with it because they have the holodeck. You can oh, learn yeah. whatever you want on the holodeck. You That's want to be an expert point. horse rider. What? You want to be an expert tyrannosaurus rider. <laughs> but they also seemed. But they also seemed always to know the practical applications. Like it was never like simulated knowledge, because like it, it's never implied that Picard learned any of his horseback riding on the holodeck. It's always very kind of overtly implied that no, no, no. He he just you know spent two years somewhere on a planet riding horses. Right. Uh, I'll t- I'll tell you right now, Jake. I'm gonna learn how to ride in the holodeck if you know what I mean. Nice. <laughs> well, Good night, everybody. I, I want they all learn those skills at Plot Advancement University. Well, oh, yeah, and, right. and I really want to be the acknowledged expert in dinosaur riding. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. When you need someone to come and ride a dinosaur, you call me. That's what I want. <laughs> They're going on the business card. It's, it's I important think of much better things to be riding, but. Oh, you say that until I come trotting up on my T-Rex with his special robotic arms to compensate for the little bitty, you know, baby arms. <laughs> All super dinosaur on you, yo. Okay. All I'm saying is Mystique's got nothing on a holodeck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anybody else uh, play any Star Trek role-playing games other than John? Okay, so uh, John... How much yes. of that Star Trek uh, FASA have you played? Well, we played we played a campaign of maybe it was a short one. It was maybe I don't know eight to ten sessions, and um, 
so, you know, I was pretty familiar with it, but I was also familiar with, with some other systems that they had at the time that were sort of based on the same uh, on the same model, like the, the old Doctor Who role-playing game from FASA. Right. Um, its system was almost a complete mirror of the of the Star Trek system. Um, so that's about my my total experience with, with that. So when you played uh, your Star Trek game, what kind of game did you play? Was it a Starfleet game? We, we it was a it was a Starfleet game. We were um, we had a, a, a Constitution class starship. It would have been, uh, um, well, the original series. Um, the movies had just had come out for a couple of years. I think it was probably early '80s, mm-hmm. but we were playing in the uh, in the um, the original series timeline, and yeah, we had the uh, the starship, and it was very much like that. I played the captain of the ship, and we had the everybody else played the department heads, and um, yeah, pretty much like what you saw on TV from the '60s. Very good, very good. Um, so, Tim. Tell me about your appreciation for Star Trek. Are you a Star Trek geek? What's your what's your level of love for the Trek? Well, if Aaron Head is on the high end <laughs> and a supermodel's on the low end, um, I would be right in that well, okay, this analogy didn't go well. Um <laughs> I, I've watched some Star Trek. I you know I, I watched a lot of uh, a lot of uh, I watched a lot of uh, Enterprise, uh, which was the new one with Scott Bakula because I love Scott Bakula. But I you know I I, I Next Generation was kind of what I, I sunk my teeth into because that was that was the one that uh, you know the family watched growing up um, you know on that satellite dish thing. So, um, but I mean if I had to if I had to pick a favorite genre, I love Deep Space Nine. So. Okay. And that was going to be my next question, so so thank there you, you. Go. thank you. Ah, right in there. Okay, and fa- favorite episode or movie? Uh, you don't have to know the show name, but if you can just tell us the the subject. I I really like Star Trek too. That's right. what I'd go with. All right, so Jake. Yeah. Tell um, us about your uh, your your relationship with things Trek. Uh, deep and abiding. Um, yeah, I, 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 I've seen all of TNG so many times that it hurts. Lun used to play a game with me where when, when Next Generation would come on while we were working on stuff, he would, he would, he would ask me to identify the episode by plot within the first 10 minutes. Uh And I I never lost that game. (laughs) Um, uh, like DS9 as well. I actually, I, I didn't. I, I still to this day have never seen more than say two episodes of the original series, which really? I know is horror. It's yeah, I know that's horrifying to most people, but um, most of my experience with Star Trek has been sort of post post Patrick Stewart. Um, now, uh, have you avoided the original series intentionally or not? Well, okay, so so I I, I deeply love the original series movies, uh-huh. uh, with the possible exception of the first one for. I finally figured out what it was about the first one that bugged me because of old comic book ads for it, uh. which is if you look at the old comic book ads for the original movie, mm-hmm. they call it uh, a 24th century odyssey. And I realized, oh, my God, that's why that movie is so slow. It's because they were trying to remake 2001 uh-huh. 
in Star Trek. Right. <laughs> and, and, and and once I realized, that, I was like, oh, you know, that, that, that movie, though being deeply flawed, is less painful now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but I do love those movies. I just, I, I don't know. They're, I don't know what it is about the original series. I've just never quite gotten on board with the, I don't know. Well, like as I a, said, I love their movies. I just don't dig the sh- As a brief aside... Uh, yeah. You know, and I, and I understand people's feelings about Star Trek: The Motion Picture, but uh, if you've never seen the director's cut that was released to DVD several years back with restored footage, and they actually added more effects to it, um, there's some really nice additional scenes in that movie. I'm, I'll have to still doesn't make up for all of the you know looking in awe at the uh, at the V'ger creature, but uh, you know it's still yeah. you know there's still lots of throbbing orifices to appreciate. So. <laughs> Mm, well, <laughs> so you know, you you're you're certainly a post next generation guy. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I, I'm I, I'm I'm digging the TNG. I I really like Deep Space Nine. Um, in fact, I can I I can tell you what I was doing when I heard about Princess Die dying because they preempted my DS9 for it. And and I remember me and my buddy at the time were watching it. We're being really pissed because it was a new episode. <laughs> and they cut in. And they're like, Princess Diana is dead. And we're you know we're we're like freshmen in high school. We're like, screw this. What, what happened to Quark? <laughs> we were really pissed about it. <laughs> so favorite episode or movie? Ooh, um, favorite episode. I'll go with Best of Both Worlds, mm. parts one and two. Okay. And movie movie. I, I tend to tie. I, I love Wrath of Khan, and I tend to tie it with uh, Undiscovered Country. I like right. Undiscovered Country a lot. Same so. director, so there you go. I know. Well, and and and, and what, what, once I was older and realized that, I was like, oh, well, this makes sense. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Wayne, all right. Um, growing up, we watched a lot of Next Gen. Um, big Next Gen fan. Watched most of Deep Space Nine. We uh, we ended up losing it here in the St. Louis area for a while. They did a, so a couple channels switched, and we didn't have a channel that was showing it for a while. So I've never seen the last season and a half or so of Deep Space Nine. Really? Um, yeah, it's it's on Netflix now, so it's just I have to make the time to to go through and watch them because I've missed out on. Essentially, we lost it right after the Dominion War started. Ugh. Well, you know, so I we, got I got to say one of my great frustrations in this life is that none of the. Uh, uh, Star Trek series stream on Netflix. They're about to. All, are they all really? Of them are coming, yes, yeah. this all summer, of them do. All of them are going to come up. When? Yeah. Um, it, it's this summer. This is the, I, I saw a notice about it that all of them are going to start oh, streaming. That is so awesome. This month or next month. Mm-hmm. Oh. Every every Star Trek across every show. Oh, I'm yeah. so excited. Well, you know, it they had the, yet, but it's soon. They had the Star Trek movie streaming, and then when I went, I, I was actually looking to, to uh, stream. Uh, Wrath of Khan the other day, and it wasn't there anymore. Yeah, they took all the movies down, I think, because they're about to start streaming all the... Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm going to have to take some time off from work. I'm, gonna oh, be, yeah. I'm, gonna I'm be planning on using that as my new like season. background noise for while I work. <laughs> I'm so pumped. Oh, yeah. So I watched some of Voyager. Um, I watched pretty... I think I've seen every episode of Enterprise... Uh, there were some that were really bad, but overall, I enjoyed the show quite a bit. I acknowledge that there's about a season worth of the four or so seasons that is bad. But as a whole, I enjoyed the show. And uh, movie-wise, well, 
we'll get to the uh, original series here. I'm not a fan of the original series at all. Really? Um, I've seen quite a few episodes. It's just I was, you know, I was too young at the point where I was watching them. I guess they were too old. They seemed really dated. It just doesn't look right. And I have a I have a hard time with the original series. I still do. The original series movies, though, some of them I like, some of them I don't like. The probably the oddest thing to say, my favorite of the original series movies is four. Okay, <laughs> the whale movie. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to say five there for a second. That's because yeah. I was going to cringe. Like, it's, I don't right. know what it is, but there was something cool about taking those characters and dropping them in what at the time was modern day. That that movie was my favorite for a long time, so I, I feel you. I, well, it was, I liked it. It's the one that made the most money for Paramount. You know, because really? it was it was yeah, it was the one that you could take hmm. your girlfriend to. So, you know, it was the one that was. It friend- was the date movie Star Trek. <laughs> well, it really was, and it was the one that you didn't have to have a bunch of. Even though it was the end, end essentially of a trilogy between two, three, and four, um, you really didn't have to have a whole lot of prior knowledge. You could just appreciate the fact that these, you know, future people are wandering around, you know, twentieth century uh, San Francisco. You know, and the funny thing was, they played a bunch of these just a week or so ago on cable. They went, they did a whole Star Trek movie weekend. And I thought that I don't, didn't know much about the original movies. I guess I've watched them more than I thought I did because as we're watching them, my wife keeps ask, asking me questions. And I know the answer to every question she's asking. I apparently know those movies pretty well, even though I didn't think I did. <laughs> so uh, I, I played the Star Trek MMO for a little while. Uh huh. I have read Star Trek novels as well. What's your favorite uh, Star Trek novel? I'm trying to remember the names of them. There was one that uh, they brought back, The Planet Eater. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was a Peter David novel. It was yep. uh, oh crap. There was also the Borg in it. Um, ah oh, man, I cannot remember the name of that one, but I know what I you're talking about. Vendetta. It. Yes, Vendetta. Really enjoyed that one. I'm a huge Borg fan too. Yeah. Anything the Borg's in, I was uh, very upset with how they treated the Borg after uh, First Contact. Hated the Borg Queen. The uh, I thought Enterprise did a good job of redeeming them for the one episode they were in. Now, let me clarify. Did you like what they did in First Contact, or it was from First Contact forward that you uh, didn't like what they did with the Borg? First Contact is where they started breaking them. Okay. The, the Borg Queen, the, you know, the instant you know, transformations, the nanites, basically. It makes sense, the nanites do, but still, it just, it was too much. Uh, for favorite episode, um, best of both worlds. So, John, yes, establish your Trek street cred. Okay. Um, like most of us, um, um, love Star Trek, although I will have to say I love it a little bit less than I do Star Wars. I am a Star Ooh, Wars guy. You're one of those. Yeah. People. Yeah. Yeah. But, but <laughs> only a little. I love it only a little less. So. <laughs> Okay, so say, you're saying it's a you know it's a fifty-one forty-nine kind of split. It is. It yeah. is. I think I, I think um, I can let that go. Okay, uh, let's see. I, you know, Star Trek. I've I've liked most of the incarnations that it's been in. Uh, the original series, though, is kind of what I grew up on, and um, I absolutely love it. And while I I, I like Star Trek's social commentary messages that seem to to flow through all of it. I really liked the time 
uh, when Kirk was not afraid to kick somebody's ass. <laughs> you know, there there wasn't there. There seemed to be a lot of a lot of hand wringing in a lot of the later series about you know should we do this to these people? Should we do this to these people? And a lot of times Kirk just you know he just did what he did, and uh, I, I like that. You know, that's why I like Enterprises. They they were kind of the best of all of them. They took that mentality in a captain, but they added things from the later series as well to come up with something completely different, which is also probably why a lot of people hated it. I liked Enterprise a lot, um, and it might have been because of T'Pol. But, um. <laughs> and, and, and the decontamination scenes when they have to rub stuff oh, on each my. other. Yeah, those are yeah. good scenes. Yes, here, rub my, this under my shirt, you dirty human. <laughs> my desk at work has a an X01 sitting on it, right next to an NCC 1701. Now you know, um, I'm not a huge fan of Enterprise. I, I really like uh, the last half of season three and pretty much all of season four, and I think that's when uh, Manny Cotto took over the production of that show, um, where the the show just really started, you know. I thought firing on all cylinders or on especially both those mirror world episodes. Yeah. Those were incredible. Well, and I thought the augment episodes were really well done, but, uh, you know, this, a lot of the stuff leading up to that, you know, that whole, it was once they got out of the, you know, aliens are out to destroy the earth and we've got to, you know, travel through the expanse to find them. I was so not interested in any of that storyline, you know, but I, once they got past that and they started telling other kinds of stories, I really dug it. But I'm sorry, John, I interrupted you. That's okay. Um, favorite movie or episode? Um, I liked a lot of the movies. Like Wayne, I liked Star Trek IV. And, um, I, you know, it, it's got the goofy premise of the whales and the time travel and that sort of thing. But I find myself quoting lines from Star Trek IV more than any of the other movies. I mean, I. I don't know how many times I say nuclear vessels, um, <laughs> you know, or uh, you know, he did a little bit too much LDS back in the '60s. Yeah, yeah. It it was that movie was 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 good. I liked it. Of course, Wrath of Khan though, uh, that's that's probably the best of the movies, I think. But I also liked I liked First Contact. Yeah. Um, I really liked. Um, Oh shoot! Now I can't remember his name. Zephram Cochran, uh, yeah. the guy who played him. Yeah. Um, I forget. I liked his. I forget the actor's yeah, name I, as well. I liked his performance in that. I liked when uh, when Jordy was explaining to him how how on this very spot there's a statue of you reaching towards the stars, and he's like, "I don't want to be a statue." <laughs> <laughs> you know. First Contact would have been such a wonderful movie without the Borg Queen. There is so much I love in that movie. The, mm-hmm. You're right, Zephyrin Cochran was great. I loved everything that was happening down on the planet. Well, they, they kind of forgot what to do with the Borg, because they, 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 they were like, we've created this unstoppable hive-like enemy, which, by the laws we have set forward for them, should just continually get better until they wipe everybody out. Right. And, and then they, they had to figure out a way to kind of hamper them. And I think the Borg Queen was the only way to do that. Well, they, they made the, them. Yeah, it, it's so. harder to you know have your your maniacal villain when your right. maniacal villain is this great big collective. They needed to personalize it. You know? Right, right, right. And and and, and also, you know, I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. I was just going to say. Also, another thing that that 
maybe on the downside of that movie, it, that's where it, the the whole time travel plot device began to be used way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's one of the things in the in the uh, in the movies that I was I was tired of seeing was the whole time travel thing after a while. Yeah, because well, like half of them end up using it, don't they? Like ultimately, yeah. Well, maybe not half. A lot though. Quite a few. Yeah. I've been Genera- pretty outspoken that generations. Uh, yeah, I've been pretty outspoken that the new Star Trek movie I thought would have been an incredible movie, but I strongly disliked the time travel story to the point that, you know, I I still own it. I still watch it, but I find it to be a huge disappointment because that story was just not good. It could have been the best out of all the movies. Otherwise, now I have to correct you, John. Generations yep. isn't really a time travel story because oh, Kirk right. travels through the Nexus. That's and true. the Nexus exists in uh, all points of time. You know, <laughs> no, I, I no, no, apologize no, no, for no, no. making They're really fuzzy on that because if you really listen to their definition of the Nexus, it's entirely possible that everything that happens post Picard going in is just his deluded fantasy. That's right. <laughs> now, you and, know. I've always felt like sometimes that's the best way to look at the rest of the movies. I've I've always felt like that, you know, after what we didn't get to see in Generations was the epilogue where Picard is (laughs) court-martialed. And he's court-martialed because he had the opportunity to come back at any point in time once he exited the Nexus. And instead of coming back before the Enterprise is destroyed and, you know, before any of this stuff happens that creates this, you know, terrible – string of events that results in the death of James T. Kirk, you know, he instead chooses to come back at this one little narrow point in time. You know, in the the books, William Shatner wrote a three-book series of what happens after that and how Kirk comes back to life. And it's following Kirk. It's not Mm -hmm. very good. And in air quotes, we call it William Shatner wrote it, and I think it was actually you know, Judith and Garfield Reeves Stevens. <laughs> but, but it's got Shatner's name on the book. Did, did, did you say his return involved the Borg? Yeah. Well, the, the, well they, and they, didn't they retcon the Borg to be like coming from V'ger as well? Like, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. V'ger had an encounter. Oh, really? With the Borg. Yeah. yeah. Like, like the the idea was that V'ger was the origin of the Borg. Is that once, once Kirk, once what's his name and and the chick Chicky Face went off and merged to become the new creature, they went off in the universe and became the Borg. Yeah. Which which yeah. was kind they, of an interesting idea. Well, they said that hmm. they were an early Borg and that the Borg had evolved from there, right. and right. then that gives the Borg the. When Spock mind melds with it, it gives the Borg the idea that oh, it might be a good idea to team up with the Romulans against you know. It'd be a good idea to work with them. Yeah, and that's where the you know the world-eating machine from uh, uh, the Vendetta book and the original series episode uh, was created to fight the Borg. It was a Borg-killing machine. <laughs> so, yep. There. Earth just happened to be tw- between it and the Borg homeworld. <laughs> did, did you guys see the the quote from Malcolm McDowell about like how they killed Kirk and how he was pissed about it? It came up on like Blaster a couple of days ago, and there and, and it's like Malcolm McDowell. He's talking about how it was so sad that they had took this iconic character and killed him in such a lame way. Oh yeah, they killed him like he's, a bitch. Yeah, well, he, and he says <laughs> he essentially says he's like, yeah, they killed him like a bitch, and it could have been so much better. He could have had any of these miraculous, amazing, iconic deaths, which of course I would have provided happily. <laughs> and I love that little punctuation on there. I, that's what bugs me about. I mean, I, I, Generations would have been a fine movie. 
you know, it could so many things could have been redeemed in Generations if they'd just given Kirk a good death. And you know, for me, Generations started the trend, and the trend is Picard can't be Picard in a movie. In Generations, he's upset because his family's gone, and he's the last of his line. Um, there was something in Insurrection, I don't even remember what it was. First contact, they're dealing with the Borg, and he can't be himself because he has anger at the Borg. Then in uh, Nemesis, he's dealing with the fact that there's an evil clone of himself. No, no. In Nemesis, he's dealing with the fact that he's trapped in a terrible, terrible film. (laughs) It's like every movie, they have to do something to screw with Picard's head and not let him be just Captain Picard. Well, Well, because Captain Picard is not an action summer blockbuster hero. But, like, you know, he, 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 you he know, was able he to carry did. off. I thought he did a fantastic job in First Contact, you know, carrying yeah. off the, the yeah. action character. I mean, I thought that yeah. he performed up to that role. Now, you know, I, I don't share uh, Wayne's disdain for the Borg Queen in First Contact. Now, I think that she was overused, and I think the, the Borg was, you know, subsequently diminished in its fearsomeness in Voyager. But uh, I, I really enjoyed First Contact. In fact, if I had to, to order the movies, it would be Wrath of Khan because it had the, the broadside capital ship combat that you so rarely see in a science fiction movie and you never see in Star Trek. You know, it always just look, kind of looks like, you know, two ships off in the distance lobbing fire at each other. And these guys are just, you know, firing at each other side by side. I mean, it was just beautiful, beautiful show. And it was the first time... Uh, that in Star Trek they really show there is a naval tradition here, you know, that there is a link, you know, to the big capital ships fighting on, on open seas and these guys fighting in, in, yeah. in, in, in space. I mean, I just I, I just about came out of my chair seeing that the first time in the theater. <laughs> it was so awesome. Um, and then, you know, my... my and I got to... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Um, I cut you off, go ahead. No, you go. I want you to go, John. Okay, fine, I will. And I, I was going to say also, I, didn't you get goosebumps at the end of that movie when the when the ship opens up and the Vulcan steps steps out and you know, I'm like, that's that was a great scene. Oh yeah, oh, in what you first contact? Oh, in first at the very contact, end of the movie, at first yes. contact. Yes, I'm sorry, I was talking about Star Trek yeah. too, but yes, I see what you're saying. Yes, that is a, a goose goose pimple movie, but. Right. Uh, the you know mm-hmm. Wrath of Khan that's my favorite. The next one would be Undiscovered Country. I just and again it's the same director and it's the same feel as Star Trek Two. And then in in third place for me is First Contact. But you know Tim is over there just dying because we're just talking about Star Trek movies and TV, and he'd really like <laughs> us to get back to talking about Star Trek role playing games. So no, let me let me let me say I understand. I understand where the E-peen is in this room. I get it. It's okay. So I, I'll let you guys go on because that's cool. I mean, you know, you guys love this. You guys love the universe, and that that that's cool. I do love the universe. We didn't even talk about Star Trek soundtracks yet. Oh, I mean, dude, I can talk about that all day. Another, I, that, that is a whole other show because I own all of them. I'm going to draw the line at the soundtracks, though. <laughs> We're going to have the Star Trek soundtrack appreciation. Yes. <sighs> I'm, I, I, now you got me thinking about you know favorite composers, Jerry Goldsmith. But uh, You know, I just can't wait to hear what kind of music you get for the actual play of this. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, what was that one? <laughs> I, I just can't wait to hear what kind of music you get for the actual play of this, because I know you're going to be hunting for something that's royalty-free that sounds <laughs> similar. That's right. So, um, coming together to... I think like Shatner and, and Nimoy, we should sing something. Oh, yeah, we could totally do that. We could totally... I'm going to go ahead and veto that one. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Jake, you're our tenor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll you'll live to regret that. <laughs> so, um, in terms of setting for the game, you know, when when I invited you guys to you know come and do this thing, um, I threw out two very general notions of games that I'm interested in running. Okay, and you know the first was a traditional Starfleet type of game set in the Star Trek universe post Star Trek six. So we're talking about original crew movie era type of setting or a post deep space nine merchant slash trader slash pirate, uh, sort of game. So I think the first thing we ought to do is talk about the kind of setting that we want to play in. And, uh, I think I'm going to go with, since he's been, had to been so quiet lately, uh, because we've all been geeking about our star Trek. We'll start with Tim <laughs> and let him I, say some things. What do you think, well, Tim? Well, honestly, um, I I'm not I'm not too tied up in any one thought. Like when I was thinking about it, and you know, I was I was doing a little. Okay, what would I play in this? What would I play in that kind of scenario? Mm-hmm. You know, I I I don't. I guess I the the, the setting I wouldn't want to play is something like Firefly. So I'm not sure I would like a, like a pirate game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I'm, I'm really jazzed about an idea where uh, it's 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 Deep Space Nine esque with a base. But given given the two ideas you threw out, I thought that I would probably pick one where it was right off the um, right off the the first idea, which was the uh, kind of the Star Trek Five uh, era. Uh-huh. The, with the you know kind of you, you'd have Starfleet Academy. It's not you know it's not a big mega corp or anything. So there's still a lot of space exploration to be done and stuff like that. Sure. I, I thought that would be cool. I mean, but like I said, if if I had my druthers, I'd be like, I, I would. I think I'd want it a little more centered than being out on a ship for you know 13 months but that's part of the appeal too so i you know i can i can totally get behind that because like i said it sounds like everybody everybody here's a you know a really big fan and i you know i can i can, it's funny because the superhero game i was totally not a team player <laughs> with this one with this one i i feel like i it doesn't make too much difference to me so okay so i just want to clarify your position yeah you're less enthused about like a merchant trader pirate type of game, mm-hmm. but you're not j- you're not overly opposed to it. I mean, no. have, okay, but you're 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 kind of jazzed about the idea of a Starfleet game, but you like the idea of maybe something that has more of a core base, like a Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, John, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, the the idea of the uh, the pirate merchant type game that's that is uh, is intriguing because I've that's not normally what I think about when I think about playing in the Star Trek universe. Mm-hmm. But for me, Star Trek is all about the the exploration. That's that's what I always liked, mm-hmm. and I like the idea 
of you know of being on a ship whose mission is just that and i guess it's more of the typical starfleet type thing but maybe where you know you were exploring places that you know haven't been seen yet maybe haven't been mapped or maybe haven't been surveyed we know we do, nobody knows what's out there um that sort of thing is what's interesting to me so i guess i would really probably lean towards more the the uh typical starfleet type type game um another thing to think about too is that a lot of times and and this this may be maybe a problem maybe not but a lot of times when you're running a game that is part of a of, of an existing property um you can get yourself into some trouble if you get too close to the you know the established stuff and the uh uh the established uh characters and plot lines and that sort of thing so mm-hmm. Uh, that's another thing that makes a kind of an, an exploration into an unknown sector type thing a, a lot more fun as far as a role playing game goes. I think so. Yeah, I'm probably leaning towards more of the uh, the, the the standard you know Starfleet type exploration game and and not so much towards the, uh, the the pirate merchant game. Although that does that does sound interesting. Okay, Jake. Um, I. I, I'm good with either. Um, I so so the the more original series like movie era timeline um, appeals to me on on just kind of mental aesthetic levels mm-hmm. because good lord those those uniforms were hot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like the maroon jackets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They and I love how they kind of peel open too. Yeah. You know, you, well, they you actually, have that casual look. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they actually look like a naval uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, As they, opposed those to your the pajamas. Best the costumes. Yeah, those are <laughs> the best the costumes ever got. Yeah. Um, I, um, and can I, I just, as a brief aside, yep. can I say that I always hated the representation of them in Next Generation when they would flash back to, like, the oh, Enterprise yeah. C era, and they're wearing the maroon jackets, but they don't have the collar? The absence yeah. of the collar. It just, mm. it, yeah, that was know, weird. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't no. like that. So no, The collar needs to be there. Yeah. yeah, no, I, 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 I like, I like that era for for, for that, um, and I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by the newer the newer era like the the merchant pirate style game, mm-hmm. um, for 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 you know similar reasons to John where it's like the the because it's a little different than what than what you would normally expect from the setting, mm-hmm. um. What what I would say, and this and this comes strictly from never having played in a Star Trek RPG before. I've never seen how it plays out with with player characters um, in like a Starfleet setting. Right. How the rank system plays out, because in most RPGs you don't necessarily have that rigid rank structure, right. where which Star Trek is very well known for. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of intrigued in that from just a, a a kind of player standpoint. I'm I'm kind of like, well, how. How would that work uh, for for a group of player characters? Like, like like particularly particularly for you know as the characters advance throughout the story and and presumably get promoted and move up the right the chain and things like that. So that yep. kind of intrigues me as well. And we'll actually be talking about that as as one of our next subjects. I, I, I figured so yeah we'll be addressing that. So so again, your preference, Jake, is a Starfleet game set post two, uh, Star Trek VI, but you're also a little bit intrigued about the uh, you know a merchant pirate trader kind of game. Yeah, I, I, w- I would I would certainly not be opposed to, to to either, but but my 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 kind of flinch reaction would probably be for that that okay. uh, that Starfleet game. Mm-hmm. So Wayne, 
what are your thoughts? The pirate thing could be interesting, but I think if we're playing Star Trek, I'd want to do Starfleet. Although, if it were a little bit earlier and not like post DS9, I was thinking, uh, as you described pirates, I was thinking Maquis, because mm-hmm. they would fit very well into the setting. But no, I think I'd rather do actual, you know, Starfleet on a ship. Um, Next Gen era after the movies is the weakest era for me that I'm that I'm aware of. I'd have to do a little bit of studying up of what does and doesn't exist in that time. But I think out of the two choices, that would definitely be it. Um, personally, I have always wanted to play in a game set right after Enterprise. So an even earlier time frame than before the movies. But I get that uh, that's not the most popular time frame at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it sounds like uh, everybody would prefer a Starfleet game. Do I have that correct? Any objections there? No objections. Okay. Cricket, cricket. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Starfleet <laughs> game it is. So, you know, uh, it'll be set post Star Trek Six. So, you know, you get your maroon uniforms. Let's talk a little bit uh, about what Jake was mentioning. Um, you know, one of the hallmarks of Star Trek is that you have a captain. And so one of you guys in one, in one option would be the, would be the captain. Okay, we could do it one of two ways. We could have one of you guys be the captain. We could have the captain be an NPC, and then you guys are all department heads. Um, thoughts on that? Well, when I played, that's that's how we played it. But I've always been interested in another idea that that we thought about but never did, and that was instead of playing the captain and the department heads, what if you played? the junior officers who were trying to make a name for themselves, almost like uh, the night shift, you know, of the enterprise, the the captain and the department heads go to bed and then the night shift guys come on. Right. Uh, Wasn't there a next generation episode kind of like that? It was, it was uh, called below decks. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and it It was was a good episode. It was good. It's one of my favorites. Um, And it's where you had the ensigns, uh, you know, all trying to make their, make their, their bones and, you know, you had one die on a mission. So I think that could be a fun way to go, uh, you know. Okay. So just thought. Uh, other thoughts? Man, Jake brought up one of those those hot button <laughs> issues for me that I forgot about. <laughs> See, I, uh, you were all team player there for a minute. I am. A t- <laughs> no, no. I honestly, Aaron, I'm, I'm okay. I, I, I'm all because that's the game we're playing, so I'm I'm, I'm okay with it. But at first, I was like, oh, damn, I forgot about that part. Somebody's going to be bossing me around. That sucks. You know, and <laughs> I vote for pirates. God damn it. I've played it. You to go for the pirate game just for that reason. Oh, damn. I, was, I wasn't even thinking. You know, oh, and I well. played with a game on a game set well, on a spaceship where that actually became an issue. It was the uh, the guy that was captain was very much not a decision maker. So there was a lot of churn and a lot of things not happening. And, you know, occasionally you would get frustrated with him quite a bit mm-hmm. for one thing or another. I think it can, I have no problem with a player being a captain. I just, uh, I've had a bad experience with it in the past, but I don't think that that, that doesn't stop me from saying it, you know, from, that doesn't make me say, let's not have a player be a captain. I'm perfectly fine with a player being a captain because I think you you may lose something without it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
You know, as much as I like you, John, I'm not sure I want to play the Great Lakes Avengers, though. <laughs> that... Well, I'm thinking that if you don't like getting bossed around, you're the perfect guy to be the captain. No. And then well, you can tell us what to do. I, I, you know, the the <laughs> example I gave, that's kind of, that's how it happened. The guy that had a problem with being the cap, with anybody bossing him around, had a problem with the command structure, was the guy that we made a captain. Mm-hmm. And it it presented some issues. Because we thought, hey, that's the perfect solution. He doesn't want to be bossed around. Let's make him the captain. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you right now, in the, the, in the, uh, the World War II game I play, that came up because we were just, you know, regular playing like, wait a minute, who is the commanding officer? And we're all different nationalities. So finally it was figured out that my British guy was the commander. I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> but I, but I, I, t- I took to it. I'm like, okay, well if I'm in charge, this is what we're doing. Go, you, you go do, do this, do that. So I put somebody's ass out on the fire to make sure the mission uh, worked out. Okay. So I, I, I don't think it would be an issue of me being indecisive, but like, I, I don't know if I feel good bossing. I don't know. Well, well, I, you know, I, even if even if we went with the it went with the night shift kind of idea, the junior officers, somebody's going to be in charge no matter right. what we're doing. It, it just kind of goes with the territory. If you're part of an away team but you're not the captain, well, somebody's in charge. So, you know, it's, it's going to come up. You know, I, I think that uh, I, I've been a part of, of groups where this has been an issue in the past, where you know nobody wanted to be you know, bossed around. But, you know, when you have someone who is, quote, a good leader, you know, they're listening to the people around them. And I I think that that one of the solutions could be that whoever is selected or chooses to be the captain, you know, there's an agreement at a meta game level that they're going to listen to suggestions and, you know, uh, you know, appropriately make sure that everybody's having fun as opposed to just the captain. And I think that I think that this dynamic right here is probably one of the most challenging around playing any kind of military game. You know, because you do have that kind of command structure. And I have to wonder, would it make it harder for a GM to make the game not feel like it's on the rails if they were the captain? So if everyone in the group just comes to him and says, We want to go to Planet X and does the GM just automatically give in and say that's what the captain does? Yeah, I, I think you're, I think that that is a, that is a risk. Well, you know, well, ultimately the captain's still working on orders from Starfleet, though. There, there's always a bigger fish in the pond. True, true. Yeah, yeah, but that's a little more vague. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm gonna say, like, as as a vague directive, like, if, if it were me GMing, that would be my vague directive to keep a, a captain player character on on task. Would be you know occasionally you get updates from Starfleet they'd kind of like you to go here. That's right, That's right. Captain. Why have you been on this planet for three months building giant robots? Yeah. <laughs> no reason. No reason. <laughs> Captain, our 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 orders have come in to go to the Klingon uh, you know border. Why are we still on Risa? Worked on the tan. That's right. That's right. So what well, do you guys I, think? Do you want to do some? I'm sorry, Jake. Did you have some? No, I was, was going to say. I, I will say it, it, it like it does it, to a certain degree. It does help depending on the players being how committed they are to sort of the the thematic elements of the story material. Mm-hmm. So uh, for for example, there there was at one point in time I was running a Star Wars game, and I was really conscious about who I I 
because in that game, as as the GM, I, I sort of gave them a bit more direction as to who they were going to be playing beforehand. I put a little bit more of my hand on that one, and I made sure that the guy who was the Elder Jedi Master was the guy who loved Star Wars the most, mm-hmm. because he was the guy who was going to play along with kind of the thematic elements, right? And and, and would end up steering the group by by sort of playing the the obi-wan kenobi role for everyone (laughs) like he was gonna do that for me so i didn't have to worry about him kind of abusing the power right yeah so i think that can help too it just kind of depends on on how you run it so what are your thoughts do you guys want to do something that's a you know a little bit more traditional you know uh you know captain at the at in the center seat that's a role that's a uh, player character or do you want to do something a little bit more non-traditional I think Wayne's right. I think I, I feel like you need you need to play the you know the A squad. So somebody so a player character has to be the man. Okay. I, I guess that's yeah. how I feel. And uh, I you know arguing against my own my own uh, <laughs> thing I put out there, I will say that one one reason why we only ever talked about playing the night shift guys, but never did play the night shift guys, was because of the thing that. Okay, the ship's in trouble, and the night shift guys, you know, save the day. Right. Well, that might happen once, but why would that ever happen twice or right. three times? It would always be the A, the A team. And if that, the ship's under that. fire, they're probably going to go wake up the captain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or the A team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, maybe the more traditional uh, thing would be better. At the very least, I would say the department heads would be like I, I would say that would seem to be kind of like the low bar of. Mm-hmm. You know, if if everybody played the department head and then you had the the captain as an NPC, but but yeah, either way. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay, so it sounds like we're agreed. Traditional, we'll have a player character as the captain type of uh, of story. Is that right? Any sounds good. That sounds like it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. So um, my next question then. Okay, we we've decided on you know a Starfleet game. In a, a, a setting, you know, just after Star Trek VI, um, tell me the things that you think would be cool in the game. Tell me the things when you when you visualize either this game or things that you really like about Star Trek. What is going to jazz you about this game? And the next oh, class or, or injection. <laughs> <laughs> Scantily clad, multicolored women. <laughs> I, I see. That's I heard. What, I heard an NX class ship. Yep, NX is just the definition for any experimental ship. The right. Defiant was an NX class. Uh, the NX01 Enterprise was an NX class. Something where the ship isn't just a. It isn't one that just rolled off the line. This is a ship built for something specific, whether it's or whatever. Would the Excelsior but, be one of those? Um, I don't well, know because that would be the, the the right era. Mm-hmm. That, Wayne wants that, us to fly yeah. around in a giant squid called the SS Zoiberg, and I'm I'm down with this. <laughs> but yeah, see, but you could have technology that's this is all new technology. It could be breaking. You know, you never know what you have on you that will and won't work if you're trying something new. Powered okay. by hand wavium, yeah. <laughs> it's balonium, plutonium. <laughs> yes, yes. Plus, it would be cool if there was any te- anything technology-wise we liked from the later series. We could see during the course of the campaign development of this technology. Like, 
for example, the holodeck. I don't know when they when the holodeck was created, but some really early version of the holodeck could be, you know, outfitted on the ship. Something With like bulky that. Bulky headgear. Yeah, exactly. It would <laughs> VR. <laughs> Wayne, when you make level ten, that's when we get a holodeck. On, uh, <laughs> in continuity. Okay, so uh, new technology uh, is cool. Um, did I hear a warp core ejection? Is that what I heard from you, John? I said, I said that, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm writing it down. <laughs> I, I I would say on 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 the the line of uh, like Star Trek Six and, and and somewhat on on Wrath of Khan, at least a little bit of the intrigue. I, the, one of the things I like most about Six is kind of that um, that unfolding of a of sort of a, a mystery plot as, as the movie progresses forward in the, in the guise of that kind of rollicking adventure. Right. I think I, uh, what would be cool is an unknown sector of space and a competing interstellar faction like that's also wanting to survey it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it would be kind of cool if it was a, a faction that existed in Next Gen but you don't tell us that. You know, you don't tell us which faction it is. So it's a an yeah. alien that they introduced there that we've never seen before in this era. And as you describe as you describe him, we kinda have to we as players will eventually pick up on it and realize, Oh, I know who that is but our characters will have never experienced it before. Well, well, and correct me if I'm wrong. At this period in time, like there's a few that are kind of like it's been Klingons for a long ass time, and yeah. this would be right after Kittimer, so they're pretty much off the stage for a while. So like that leaves, you know, the Romulans and the Cardassians, and mm-hmm. yeah, the, yeah, the 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 Kittimer Accords uh, happen right after Star Trek VI. So you know mm-hmm. the. The Klingons, as a rule, as a as a political entity, are no longer a uh, enemy. Right. You, know, you may well, run and, into well, and, and they're also like running on fumes as an empire at the moment. Right. So, so you may see them. the odd, you know, uh, Klingon imperial wandering around, but you know, you're not going to see a lot of uh, you know deep space activity during this period. Yeah, and the Romulans were around some then. They, I don't think they were around too heavy. I I can't remember how many years it was in the next gen episode when we found out. You know when they returned, and it right. had been silent for all those years. I want to say it was fifty years, yeah. but we know Enterprise C was at a, you know, at a Romulan attack. So, right. you know, definitely they were active in this time frame. I, were, I they just weren't necessarily active with Starfleet. Yeah. I'm gonna get a shoehorn. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always thought that that um, this, this universe shined really well when it was treated like the last great frontier. Where it felt like the evolution of Europe, Europe, European sailors sailing out to see what was in the, what was in the New World. Those stories were my favorite stories. About they don't know where they're going. They they come across a planet. They don't know what's going on. Th- those are always my favorite stories. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I do kind of like the idea at some point, though, uh, it, 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 within the context of that, because I do agree that the, the, the frontiers is. Definitely a big part of Star Trek, of of some form of of uh, like a rival ship or crew in in some in some guys because I, 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 some of my favorite elements of both those original movies and TNG like I really I really yeah you know, Khan 
Mm-hmm. He's awesome. And then and then in TNG, um, I really liked uh, when they had Tomalock running around, and mm-hmm. he was all, you know, promising so, to take their broken hull home to Romulus. <laughs> so so you like the idea of a recurring bad guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's another idea too that might help with the uh, if you want a sandbox aspect. How about on the if we do decide to go with some sort of uh, unknown sector that we are uh, exploring? How about a starbase right on the edge of it that that houses or that uh, is a central point for multiple ships that may be going to different places, and maybe it's a place that we're always coming back to. Oh, that I was exactly what yeah. I was about to say. Well, and that, and that would give Tim yeah. his kind of his base of location that we wanted. Yeah. You could have you could have really cool NPCs there that we interact with when we get back, and there could be all kinds of intrigue going on at this starbase. But not Whoopi Goldberg. Come on! At at some point, I want to crawl through a Jeffrey's tube. That should happen. I I assume that was a given. I assume like like that was just gonna happen. Yeah. Making notes. We're gonna Um, reverse the polarity of something, et cetera, et cetera. Well, and and you know, don't forget about your interphasics, whatnots. So yes, yeah. Yeah. I want to generate a tachyon pulse. <laughs> I just figured you were doing that already. I mean, you Usually, know, yes. I've had I've I've had pancake puppies with you. I thought that was a metaphasic <laughs> pulse that I was getting from you. You 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 guys have heard the USS make make shit up, right? For the, the song. Because <laughs> oh man, I'll send that to you guys. <laughs> so other cool items you'd like to see in the game? Cloaking devices. I'll throw it out there. Okay. I want to see less advanced aliens. What one of the things. I, well, I know one of the trends I see. I mean, Next Gen didn't do it nearly as much as every other series, but it seemed like every new alien species you run into has evolved before you and is more advanced than you. Oh, okay. So you're I saying want there to be. I want a combination of both. Sometimes when you meet someone new, they're going to be more advanced. Sometimes when you meet someone new, they're going to have lasers, and you're going to laugh at them. So you're saying that you just don't want everybody that you yeah. meet to be godlike in power. You're, you're, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. Or even the, even the same power level. There should be some the same, some that are more powerful, and some that are just developing. Okay, it's like a variable scale. Yep. Okay. I I think another another cool idea might be to, of course, somewhere in this uncharted region, there is some huge, gigantic, unknown threat. And we, as we travel about surveying, exploring, we, we see little bits and pieces of, of places where this threat has been and been doing whatever it is that it's doing. And something where, you know, we, we're slowly piecing together, you know, oh, my God, there's something really, really bad out here. Um, that might be fun. And subspace anomalies. Tell me about uh – you know, you're you're on this ship and you're wandering around the sector and you're doing your exploring and whatnot. You know, one of the things that characterized uh, the original series is that everybody pretty much got along. You know, the only the only real you know uh, antagonistic relationship recurring on the show was between Spock and McCoy, and there was always that grudging respect between the two of them, but they just you know kind of barbed at each other. Um, whereas in Deep Space Nine, you had 
you know, a little bit more dynamic where, you know, people disagreed with each other and, you know, you, you people were alienated from one another and that kind of thing. How do you see that on the sh- on, on on this ship? Is it more is it more towards the DS9 side of things, more towards the original crew side of things, somewhere in the middle? Where are we with that? As my first action, I want to shiv Tim in the back. <laughs> All right. Too dark. Too dark. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly don't have a strong opinion on this one, whether everyone should be completely on the same page, team building level, or if they should be more kind of at odds. Honestly, to me, that kind of grows out of the characters. And I don't know who any of the characters are going to be yet. So it's hard for me to say. I'm I'm good either way. Oh, Aaron, you know I love dysfunctional family. So let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one the one thing I would say is 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 while I'm cool with the more like contentious crew, mm-hmm. I, I I would say to keep it in the vein of since it is a Starfleet game, we would need to to kind of halt the bar somewhere before uh, New Battlestar. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Where, <laughs> you see what I'm saying there? No, I, I do. And you know, you have to keep in mind, you know, it is a military ship, and at the end of the day, there's a chain of command. Um, and I think, you know, uh, in terms of like a group template, I think that's something that everybody has to agree on because it's real easy, you know, to all of a sudden go, well, I just phaser the captain, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone would, should be would be thinking of going no. that level. But I do think it would be cool if there was like a, a hot communications officer that Tim's character and my character were both trying to seduce and we were fighting over. What if I was the hot communications officer? Just ask. I just assumed that you were colored the hot communications officer. So I mean, well, I've got three things down here. You don't know. I mean, well, I'll, have, I'll have to fight with Jod over Tib then. Sweet. I've, yeah. see, I've seen how you how you look in your Robin pants. I just figured you'd pull off the mini skirt pretty well. So it's possible. <laughs> kind of in that same vein, uh, one thing that might be kind of fun is if we do go with the the Starbase idea that we always go back to, and there are multiple ships in this sector, mm-hmm. it would kind of be fun to have another starship with a rival captain that we're always, you know, we, we hate it when they get the big find, you mm-hmm. know, and we're always trying to get to the, you know, the, the big... Uh, the big bit of information or the, you know, we're, we're rivals basically. Kind of like a high school rival versus a alter, you know, versus an arch enemy. Yeah. And we, you know, we come back, we come back from a mission and we're at the star base and we walk into the bar and we're having a drinks and, Oh no, here they come. Here comes the other crew in. Um, one of the, I bust the glass and I shiv them. Mystery of the course of the game has to be brought back by the, uh, the station security for getting in a fight because they called our captain pussy. Right. Yeah. No, 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 no. This is this is one of the things where 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 we are we are you know every like six episodes we 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 sit down and have a nice game of poker with them or play holodeck baseball or you know <laughs> it seems to be how all rivalries in Star Trek are played out. I'll tell you right now, Aaron. Depending on what I'm playing, I'm going in the clink at some point. Excellent. It's a given. <laughs> Somebody that would be punch really the face. awkward for the captain. I didn't. Say- you, you, you know what, Tim? You really need to play the security officer. This is going to be. <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I was talking to my friend about this, and I'm like, yeah, the, that would be right down my ballpark, like a softball. But I'm like, yeah, let's see if I want to go outside the outside the lines a little. So. All right, all right. I didn't say the Enterprise was a garbage scowl. I said it should be hauled away as garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's my yeah. lack of the native language. 
<laughs> and and yet again, pop culture reference fail. <laughs> Nothing penetrates your barrier of pop culture, does it, Tim? What are we talking about? Yeah, that's what I thought. So, uh, okay, so we've kind of talked about you know items that we thought would be cool in the game, you know. Um, not cool in the gang, cool in the game. Um, oh, I want cool in the gang is, is the cafeteria band. I want to be on that ship. <laughs> we are celebrating good times. Come on, Airhead. Um, what don't you want, want to warp see? Factor funk. What's a, what's a, what's a Star Trek trope or something that you've seen? Time that- travel. Time travel. Time yeah, travel. I was going to say time travel as well. Oh, I wanted it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Aaron's like, damn, there goes my idea. That's right. <laughs> Just ruined the first three games. Son of a <laughs> mother. <laughs> okay. Anything else? We well, you know the Vulcan science do- doctorate has determined that time travel is impossible. <laughs> oh, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne will be playing the hot Vulcan. <laughs> nice. Uh, other things that you don't want to see in the game? I don't know. I, it's, time I don't travel know. was my biggie. And <laughs> yeah, we all agreed on that one. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> going once. Going twice. All right. That was easy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Guy, guy action. That's what I don't want to see. <laughs> no, too late. You didn't speak up early enough. <laughs> I mean, the first four games are all about guy on guy action. That's some balls. <laughs> That's two pair of balls. Anyways, yeah, yeah, I got you. So, That's where okay. Captain Slap Nuts comes in. <laughs> <laughs> so, in preparation for our next conversation, where we'll t- where we'll go through characters and figure out who's going to be what. Um. I want to kind of set the stage for that. How do we want to choose a captain? Do we want to roundtable and say who wants to be captain and see and, and go that route? Or would you each like to pitch a captain character concept and then we choose based on that and then we choose the, the, the other types of characters rolling out from there? What do you think? Mm-hmm. I think it might be good to start off with asking, does anyone particularly want to be captain? Well, I'd have to say, I I kind of particularly don't want to be the captain. Um, when I've played before, I've, I was the captain, and I'm I'm often in that role with my local group. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, I'd, I'd kind of like to not take that role this time. So I'll Take that under advisement, ends in slap nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Okay, so John would like to not be captain. Is there anybody who would like to serve as captain? Meh. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of indifferent about that. I guess it depends I'm, on what what you know. I'm going to pitch the ideas. One of them is kind of geared towards that. Uh-huh. And if that's someone people like, then you know I don't have a problem. Okay, so let me I'm, ask ask this: since since nobody fessed up and said that they wanted to be captain, other than John, is there anybody that it might ruin their fun if they were captain? No, not at all. No, it'd be fine. Okay. I think it'd be fine to see me get all angry face all the time when you start throwing crap at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have Captain Cap- short temper. Captain Tim is angry, <laughs> and you know it's before the the the, uh, the era of putting counselors on ships, so you know he didn't have anybody to talk to. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I can't, can't get my well unless my own counselor. <laughs> yeah, I do kind of like like with Tim Mitchell. I kind of like the idea of seeing what the characters are, and then deciding is any one of these characters logically come out to be captain? Does it make more sense? Yeah. Okay, so the the three of you, not John, <laughs> your task is to create a captain character. Done. To pitch and discuss next time. So, okay. so do we? Okay, so this is this is something I was going to ask about that. So, like, because I have a couple of character ideas. There's one that's definitely built for a command role, mm-hmm. but but. Um, in in concept, I was thinking more of like a second, a first officer kind of. Okay. Um, so do we need to build? Should, like like what I'm wondering is if we if we build because because when I was looking at the characters that I was being inspired by, I was I was kind of looking at them as like okay, this would be a department head. This is like, um, but but it was mainly for their roles on the ship. So it'd be mm-hmm. like this is science, this is engineering, this is you know sure. man, whatever. You know, w- would that be? Would we want to do it that way, or are we necessarily, or are we wanting to like specifically generate our captain character? Well, I think that for 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 one of the characters that you're going to develop for next time, one of them should specifically have captaincy in mind. Okay. Okay. And okay. then your remaining characters, you might want to think about, you know, unless they're role specific, meaning this is the only kind of character I would create for like, you know, a security officer. Um, right. Um. You might just think about type of character and what they would be like as they're going into Starfleet, and then you know if it, as we choose out roles, you know because unlike like a superhero game like we've done in Knights of Rainsboro, you know you actually have to fill those slots. So you know we're going to be looking for somebody to be the helmsman, we're going to be looking for somebody to be first officer, somebody to you know uh, be chief engineer, those kinds of things. So we'll have to kind of figure that out based on the character. So I wouldn't get too job specific, you know, unless yeah. that's something you want to do. You know? I mean, the only uh, the only role in the ship that I particularly wouldn't want is Doctor, because I've played Doctors in two campaigns. And the only space campaign, the only campaign I've done on a spaceship, I was the Doctor there as well. So I want something different. Sure. John, John, you're the doctor because I don't want to be a doctor either. That's all. <laughs> no, John is playing the farmer. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't forget that. See, yet. y'all are fa- y'all are ferrying around this farmer to find an appropriate <laughs> agricultural colony world for him to, uh, you know, to farm. So they always good. find some problem with the planet we right. try to put him on. <laughs> right. My wife died, and I just don't care anymore. We can't um, do this planet. Him. It's too leafy. <laughs> we even found of this long lost planet of you know old relatives that are just cloning themselves, but he wouldn't take them. Yeah. I I got a question, Aaron. <laughs> yes, sir. Because I'm not as versed. Um, so, like, if I throw out something that's like pat, not in continuity yet, uh-huh. what's 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 the... well? And what I was going to recommend doing is I can send you guys out a list of you know time appropriate races. Except, is that what you're asking for? Oh, you know exactly what I'm what I'm what I'm angling at, and okay. you know, and I'm sure you're going to shoot it down now too. Just balls. What are you at? Yeah. What the hell are you talking about? Ah, uh, never mind. Because <laughs> actually, I had I had a similar question. I mean, I don't know. I what? may ha- I may have a Ferengi. Uh, I don't mind. have a I don't have a problem having a Ferengi in this time period. Sweet. Yeah. I'm like, what about a trill? I don't have a problem. With I that was going to ask about trill as well. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. But yeah. I don't want any. Tri- I don't want any tribbles. Uh, there's going to be a <laughs> uh, lot of tribbles. We we should have said that in the not not yeah, wanted too category. Too late. Too late. I've got a whole <laughs> tribble game planned out. <laughs> Damn. Uh-huh. 
time traveling tribbles. <laughs> no. <laughs> time traveling triple tribulations. Phasers on kill. I think I want to play a Q. Can I play yeah. a Q? Sorry, no. <laughs> Dang. Well, you can play a stupid cue, a retard cue. I, I wanted to judge everyone for the sins of humanity. You know, I've uh, I've heard I've heard gaming stories about a wonderful game where someone played a cue, but they were a cue that had been banned, or they had left the continuum, so they couldn't use their powers. If they ever used their powers, the other cue were going to come and kill them. So it was essentially a human character that had that powers that was hiding their power. Yeah, how about not? Hmm. Oh yeah, I I definitely say no, but that, I thought that was a really cool concept. The uh, the GM was all upset because it's like, why would you even take those if you don't plan on using them at some point? You obviously just want to use them, and I'm thinking, yeah, that that's the cool moment of the campaign. They use them, and then the Q come and kill him. Yeah, that's cool. You can be R, but you see, what's important about that is that I think the Q also have to come and kill all of his friends. <laughs> Everyone who saw this has to die. Well, guilt by association has balls. <laughs> <laughs> so, do so I need to any... send you guys a list of of like ra- uh, character races that would be appropriate for the time frame, or do you feel like you got a good handle on that? I'd like to see the list either way. Okay. I mean, I I yeah. know I have an idea for a trill character that ever since I ever thought about playing a Star Trek game, that was one of the ideas that I loved. Was the idea of a uh, a trill, especially, you know, if it's like in Star Trek: The Next Generation time, they weren't common. Mm-hmm. People didn't mm-hmm. know what they were necessarily. I like how they flushed them out more in Deep Space Nine, though. I thought it was a much much more interesting take on them. Yeah. But the idea that not everyone knows, you know, knows about these things, that was cool. Not anybody like Tim. That's right. <laughs> so, is there any? Uh, so, so Aaron, let me ask you. So, what we're talking about is developing characters that are really not uh, role specific, and maybe as they are whenever they are coming into Starfleet Academy. Yeah, not that we're going to role play them at the Starfleet Academy right. age, but uh, I think that just so that you don't commit a bunch of time to going, this would be my perfect helm officer, and then you don't get him selected right. as a helm officer. Let's generate the character as they enter Starfleet before they've had their departments assigned to them um and so we can talk about that and then you can kind of pitch it like if it's for those guys that are going to pitch a captain character they can kind of talk about you know and i'm thinking he goes this way he's this kind of commander that kind of thing and then as we as we once we settle on the captain we can then go and talk about the rest of the command structure we'll present the remainder of the characters and then we can kind of pick out ooh I think he'd make a cool XO and I think that guy would make a, a cool helmsman and that guy'd make a cool engineer etc okay is that, uh, say, is, that, so, is, is there is there something you guys would like to recommend otherwise or does that sound like a, a good way to do that well I I know I wrote down like when I was doing it uh, these are the skills that I want this kind of character to possess uh-huh so looking at heads, it you know there's there's like okay, well this would fit there, that would fit there, kind of thing. So I, I mean I'm not opposed to changing up some of that, but it I, I kind of feel like when I make a character, I kind of roll that part into it. Like what do I want to see this person do? Sure. So yeah, character creation for like a Star Trek game for me strikes as harder than like when we did a superhero game because we were doing big concepts there. Right. And now it's a lot more subtle things that lead them up to Starfleet Command. 
Right. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, as, as a side note on that list you're going to send out, I assume that some of those, cause, because particularly in this time period, there's a lot of alien races that, that simply don't mesh with uh, Starfleet. Like, well, eventually they all end up there, but... Right, know. but you know, there you can are always... no Klingons in Starfleet at this point, and that's right. it's exactly correct. There are no Klingons in Starfleet, but you know, you could have, for instance, the first Gorn in Starfleet. Right, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I'll ha- I'll I'll have that situated out for you in terms of okay. what would be Starfleet appropriate races. And if you don't see something on there that you like, I want you to come back and ask me about it because it could have been an oversight, or you might convince me that I think it's a good idea. Right, we can we can break selectively with canon. Correct. All right. So last question for you, since we've got a few minutes left. Um, I've been struggling with which system to use for the game. Um, I am tempted to use FASA simply for the fact that for its nostalgia value. But I'm wondering if um, we might not want to use something like Savage Worlds, which is a, a little faster um, and, you know, kind of... One of the things I'm thinking about in terms of Savage Worlds is you guys are talking about, you know, the the fun of exploration, you know, going out there, which kind of you know strikes me as pulp adventure, almost not necessarily pulp, but, you know, high stakes adventure. Um, and Savage Worlds seems to support that. I'm not advocating Savage Worlds. And I know that it sounds like I am because um, I really do like the FASA system as well. What do you guys think? FASA. Wayne, are you, are you having a flashback? Because I remember this conversation. <laughs> see, I, the way I'm, this conversation <laughs> went is, let's pick one of these old-ass systems that's really, really fun, and then nine months later, <laughs> hey, let's make it Savage Worlds. Yeah, Aaron, so I'm voting Savage Worlds. Okay. I'm, I'm cutting out the bullshit in the okay. middle. And this is why I'm asking this question now. <laughs> The only reservation I'd have with Savage Worlds, which I love, by the way, is that I'm not sure that the skill system is granular enough to get what you need to have. There is a a, uh, Star Trek hack out there for uh, Savage Worlds Uh that I can can share around if you guys want to review it before we uh, uh, make the decision. My vote's hands down, FASA. Okay. Uh, Jake? I, I can't. I cancel Wayne's vote. Well, this is going to sound like a may sound like a strange strange question. How does uh, because I've only had that one experience with Savage Worlds uh-huh. um, at, at your place. Um, how does Savage Worlds handle ship to ship combat? Um, I've not Ooh. done a lot. <laughs> well, I've not I've not done a lot of that with Savage Worlds. I've not had a lot of ship to ship. You know, I was going to ask about ship to ship too because yeah. SASA ship to ship is incredible, but I don't know how we would ever do it over Skype. Well, and See, yeah. your experience with it, Wayne, is with the starship combat rules in the the right. tactical game. We would be using the actual RPG rules, which were a lot more streamlined and simple. Ah, you know, and, and one, of, one of the cool things with the tactical game that I loved it fit so much of Starfleet setting was. Everyone had their essentially had their consoles. The GM would give you the information, and then when it came time for a round, you had ten, fifteen seconds to share your information, and then everyone made their decisions and went. That's right. It was. It made it. It. I don't want to say fast paced because the combat took forever to do, but it made it feel fast paced because you had to, you had to be quick and snappy, and 
it well, made it more realistic, like it would be on the bridge of a ship. Yeah, and the, the nice thing about that Star Trek, you know, combat simulator is that you know everybody has a role in the combat turn. You know, and so, you know, you're responsible for how you're going to power the shields. Another guy's responsible for how much power he's committing to the engines, you know, and all of that's got to be coordinated and everyone's kind of got their their own responsibility. Um, the the RPG rules are a lot faster um, and just, you know, it engages, you know, just a couple of the of folks. But, you know, we're running kind of a streamlined group of PCs. So most everybody would be involved in that kind of thing. So, but you know, uh, to your point, Jake, um, I've never run ship to ship combat in Savage Worlds. Um, as I recall, it's you know, like most everything else in Savage Worlds, it's, it's pretty fast, um, yeah. and you can make it as simple uh, or as complex as you'd like. I mean, like there's three different rule sets for chase rules in Savage Worlds. Um, you know, okay. one's very simple, one's you know middle range, and the other one's a little bit more complicated for like you know miniatures and whatnot, but. Uh, I'll I'll send the the Star Trek hack around and let you guys review it, and we can make the decision next time. Does that sound reasonable? But Tim's yes. vote is already locked in. Sure. As that, is that Wayne's. Is not changing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that I, means you know, I, I I didn't really I didn't really commit, but if I had to commit and say something, I mean I'd really love to play the old facet game. Ooh. That. That would be a trip back into the past for me, and I would love it. Two for FASA. Jake's, See, Jake's out there, not sure. Uh, I'll get, well, I'll, well, I'll get, I'll get Andrew on board. It'll be okay. <laughs> I'm going to talk to him tonight still. It's good. <laughs> I, 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 see, and, and I have the disadvantage of really not knowing anything about FASA, but uh-huh. I, but, but knowing what little I do about Savage Worlds, I, I do tend to, I do tend to favor systems that are that are simpler. Yes. Particularly, particularly if we're doing a Skype game, just because, yeah. There's my, there's my boy right there. He knows what we're talking about. All this rule stuff getting in the way of our hand-holding fireside storytelling, Aaron. Because I don't know what so, MGD is. I need to call Andrew SPDs. right now. <laughs> that would be balls, John. I'm, I'm going to call Andrew right now and get him on my side. <laughs> well, I already rolled my persuasion roll, Aaron. So Andrew's vote is for uh, Savage Worlds. Damn you! Right yeah. Okay. Um, so, what'd you guys think tonight? Are you, are you excited about uh, what we what we're cooking up? I'm an episode from being really, really excited because once we have our characters down, then I'm going to be really excited. Here's here's what I'm waiting for, and and I'm just gonna go ahead and throw this out there because I know, I know you guys will like it. Um, once we once we have our characters, the next thing will be, I assume, getting a ship. And uh-huh. and, and I, I can tell you what I'm gonna do once we have a ship. And and that's gonna be I'm gonna draw it. Oh, I was gonna say you're gonna make a macaroni model of one, and I've been like, that's nice. cool, especially if we get the squid. <laughs> are you are you gonna go overboard and do blueprints and? No. Hell no! <laughs> I'm not gonna do blueprints. No, no, no. But 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 the, but the beauty is is that um, much 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 like I've mentioned in the past that uh, the, those lovely Stargate uh, 3D models are easy to find. There's a lot of really easy ones to find for Star Trek as well. Yes, there are. There's some some lovely 3D models out there for uh, Starfleet ships. Oh yeah, this is the first time I got to say thanks, Jake. Thanks for Sorry. ruining every single transportation <laughs> I've ever seen in comic books anywhere since you told me that. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks. <laughs> 
okay. All right. It'll, it'll, it'll help us in the end. <laughs> so, so Wayne, I, I wasn't sure I quite heard you correctly. You're excited. You're not excited. You're hopeful. I am. I think hopeful is a good way to put it. Okay. I'm very hopeful right now. Okay. John, where are you? I am only slightly less excited than I would be if you're running a Star Wars game. But, you know, I'm pretty excited. I didn't say I don't think I could run a Star Wars game. I don't I don't think I have it in me to run a Star Wars game. And and I'm not being I'm not I'm not trying to be a jerk. I, I Star Wars is a is a universe that I have a hard time thinking of other stories for. Whereas Star Trek I, I can always think of other yeah. stories for. But I, I feel limited by the canon that is Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Dude, so I haven't played a Star Wars game for a long time. So, yeah, I, I'm very hopeful with this one. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to what we come up with. Good deal. Timmy, how are you? Where are you on this? I'm a little worried. Why are you worried? Because I'm definitely the guy who has the least amount of knowledge about the universe. Uh-huh. And so I... I I'm concerned that every session is going to turn into the last tw- or the first 20 minutes of what this was. something up. So why don't you make your character a character that doesn't know as much about the universe? Someone who's never been That's off true. planet before they joined Starfleet. That way you in, in character would have a lot of the same questions that you'd have out of character. Well, there is one of those in there. So now I do, I do need to tell you that whoever takes on the role of captain, will be responsible for ship, ship's logs. Oh, sweet. Which is to nice. say, I'm going to ex- after, after gameplay, I'm going to expect voiceovers, you know, Captain's Logs, Stardate, Blardy Blar. You know. That's hot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Wayne so down for that. is a douchebag. <laughs> I don't know what that Jake guy's doing. He's making some kind of macaroni model. He should be manning the engines. And that farmer guy, I can't get rid. I can't shove him in the torpedo tube. I don't know what to do. Log out. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I'm excited. I I have uh, been jonesing to run a Star Trek game, and uh, I think this is going to be a hoot. When it, we're going to scratch that itch. I, we are going to scratch it hard. We're going to scratch it raw. Is what we're going to do. Yeah. Scratch it. I'm going on eBay right now and buying the FASA box set. You should actually save the $10, John, just buy the Explorer's Edition of yeah. Savage Worlds and you'll be able to <laughs> <laughs> AGN theme music graciously provided by some dead guy. Star Trek is copyright CBS Studios. Ideology of Madness, Actual Play, and Star Trek Aegean are productions of ideologyofmadness.com. No Klingons were genetically altered in the production of this podcast.